Welcome to Model Rail Radio. I'm Tom Barbele, and this is being recorded live on Skype September 12th, 2020. Model Rail Radio is the internet's only live recorded radio show where the topic is the hobby of model railroading. So it's a Saturday morning show. We've kind of gathered folks together. We've got Mike Slater, Mike O'Dorney, our friends from Kent have also called in. Maybe, maybe more even, maybe Neil. Um, we'll have a chance to call in at some stage. And Mike O'Dorney, now part of Silicon Valley Lines. Apologies again to Mike for, uh, for taking so long to actually sign him up. Was talking about, were you talking about UK Narrowgauge specifically, Mike? Well, I was talking about the uh, magazine called Narrow Gauge and Industrial Review, which is one of my favorite magazines. <laughs> and one one aspect of the magazine is that so many of the articles are on construction techniques, um, building Certainly. methods, um, prototype, oh yeah, you know, situations that are you know not limited to uh, narrow gauge. They're limited to you know they're very broad based model railroad you know topics. So. Uh, my uh, my dream is to go to that um, Missenden Abbey, mm-hmm. where there's a class there. There's a two part class on building scratch building locomotives. And there's a part <laughs> A and a part part B, and uh, you actually live there in mm. the Abbey, mm. and uh, which includes a bar. And uh, so uh, Rule G is not enforced; it's encouraged, scored, and graded. And uh, um. um so to fill in the gaps here, perhaps for folks listening in, yes. I'm doing a secondary clean out of my podcasting room. In fact, for many months, I've been recording in my wife's quilting room. However, my wife is doing a kind of feel the joy quilting retreat currently. So I am back in my podcasting room looking at some of the space that I've created. Part of this was to send a box of magazines to you. And part of it was also to send a box of magazines to Malcolm Johnson. Now, Malcolm Johnson has some bereavement recently. The family dog passed away. I actually had the box of magazines prior to the dog passing away, but I thought I needed to get them to him post-haste. So you and Malcolm have both received boxes of magazines. With some of these with some of these journals in the magazines that I sent you, Mike O'Donnell? Yeah. No, no, were they, they? no, there weren't any. Oh, okay. There weren't any narrow gauge industrial reviews, but there were the whole... The whole box was a treasure. I mean, I'm just sitting there. <laughs> well, my suspicion um, is that the might I did have some, and my suspicion is that Malcolm Johnson got all of them because the highlight from Malcolm Johnson's receipt of the box is that he may give up Japanese N-scale modeling and move to narrow gauge. So I think he probably got hey. that piece of the inspiration. I'm not sure why I didn't throw in any with yours, but anyway, uh, maybe Malcolm well, got all of them, in which case he, he is so inspired by said publication, other publications sent to him, that he is now considering changing everything. Anyway, continue, Michael. No, uh, it was a um, um, it was a, a treasure of a an assortment of magazines, some of which I had never known about before, and uh, some of them were things like Popular Science, which in America is a uh, a popular magazine. These are from like the fifties and sixties. Mm, I thought and, you'd uh, like those. <laughs> you know, one page, one page was all the license plates for the year. In other words, each state and. Uh, so many people are modeling, you know, um, 50s, 60s layouts that to take this page and copy it and reduce it like mm-hmm. to one fourth its size would make a bunch of great HO scale license plates for, uh, for, you know, details on your models. So, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, the box alone was, was the, that page, that two page thread alone was worth the box. <laughs> I mean, that was such a, I mean, talk about, um, 
you know, it's kind of like you're sitting there doing something in woodwork and somebody man, hand, mails you a tool that saves you like 10 hours a week of work. And you yes. say, okay, whatever you did is... I will take you and your wife to dinner in Montreal, <laughs> that kind of <laughs> Well, let's, kind of let's, the, the footnote to this conversation is that I have been sending boxes out to a lot of people through this lockdown period as a means of doing exactly what you're stating. These magazines, for me, were taking up a bit of space. I'd read through all of them. I'd enjoyed them. But I thought they would be far more beneficial to get to you specifically because we talk on a regular basis. And also Malcolm Johnson because he is an amazing modeler who I think could be pushed in a variety of different directions. So I wanted to perhaps cognitively move him outside his comfort zone and show him some of the amazing modeling, as you say, particularly that's going on with Narrow Gauge. Uh, and I think I included a wide variety of UK-related uh, Narrow Gauge stuff in, in the parcel to him. So we have a number of folks on. I want to get back to talking to you perhaps slightly later in the call, Marco Tony, because I know we've got a lot to talk about. Um, but pleasure. Please start on the call if you can. Um, and I'll get back to you shortly. Well, I'm, I'm here all morning for you. Thank you Wonderful. very much. Wonderful. Known instigator in the hobby, Lionel Strang, had me on his podcast uh, recently. I think it was Monday night was when we recorded. And I, in part because Lionel knows how to, how to, tailor this kind of discussion, uh, I became quite passionate and perhaps even slightly objectionable about the experiences that you have had recently, only to find out next morning that the NMRA had allowed you to run for president. Am I correct in saying this? Uh, yeah, we've, we, uh, yeah, they've accepted me onto the ballot now. So Very good. My name's on the ballot. So what is the process now your name is on the ballot? When is the election? What, what kind of electioneering do you have to do? I'm, I'm assuming this is why you're calling into Model Rail Radio, although it could have been a social call as well. Oh, well, it wasn't, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I was calling to talk about the, the British Region Convention, but we'll oh, come on to that. Um, but the, no, so yeah, the, the process now will be the uh, nominations are still open until the end of October 2020. And then in November... Um, then we would have uh, the the very final close where people could still be added by petition. Mm. So kind of at the end of November, we'll know uh, who is on the ballot. And then in the spring, um, which be kind of it's usually February, March time, it'll be confirmed exactly when it is. And I will pop on and let you know. Mm -hmm. um, then members will be balloted around the world. Um, so different, different things for different people. But in the US, it's an e-ballot. Also a paper ballot, but most people do it by e-ballot. They'll get an email from the NMRA and ask to follow a link and, and tick a box, which is nice and easy. Mm -hmm. um, in the British region, um, it's usually a, a mail mailing ballot, mm -hmm. so everyone will be asked to uh, to send that into the ballot chair in the UK. I think that's similar to what happens in Europe, and I think Australia and New Zealand have an e-ballot as well, mm -hmm. but it's separate from the separate from the US one. So that's uh, that. That will all come out. Wait, uh, well, it'll be next year. I feel like a lifetime away by the time we get there, but that's where we'll be. And then the announcement of the result will be sometime uh, before July next year, hopefully. Mm. Well, I know I can't retract anything I say on Lionel's podcast, so <laughs> I'm not sure whether it'll be controversial or whether it'll be lost to the seeds of time. But yeah, that audio is uh, set to drop sometime in the near future, probably when I've had a hectic day at work and don't really want to be dealing with tens of emails, but that will be coming out. <laughs> 
Let's talk about, I mean, you, you time your call perfectly because we have on Simon and Martin. I don't necessarily want to volunteer them as clinicians, but I do say that <laughs> I, when I, when I talk with Simon and Martin in their respective areas and also their kind of crew as a whole, I learned so much information. And my view is if there are clinician spots, these two gentlemen, plus, you know, other members of their crew are probably ideally suited. Can you give your pitch? I'm, I'm assuming, are you looking for clinicians at this stage, or is that already is always, that sale? Always looking for clinicians. You should, you should know me better than that. <laughs> um, I'm always looking for people to contribute to the hobby. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, so the British Region uh, lost its 75th anniversary face-to-face -face convention. Um, the British Region, the NMRA, became a region on, I think it was the 2nd or 3rd of September, 1945. Ooh. And... Um, so it's 75 years this year. We were going to have a face-to-face -face convention in Derby. Clearly, the R number is going up in, in England uh, significantly in the North and the Midlands, mm. and so it's just not safe to to hold it. Um, therefore, uh, it's it's been it's been rightly cancelled at this point. So I stepped in as the events coordinator for the region, mm -hmm. and I'm organising now a week-long British Region virtual convention. Oh my goodness. Um, because we don't do, you know, we don't, what if it's, you know, if you're going to do anything, go big or go home. Believe so. me, that's been your motto for all these things. This isn't a 24 hour week, is it? No, it is not. Cool. <laughs> um, so it's in the evenings because everybody's back to work. So Wonderful. it'll be in the evenings and then uh, all day on the Saturday. So Wonderful. the, some of it will be live streamed and some of it will just be for, uh, for attendees, uh, mm. and it'll be through through Webex. So, uh, kind of the the kind of schedule. The, the website's out there, so it's convention dot dot org dot uk. That's our website, and all the information about our conventions there. At some point this weekend, I have a very long uh, NMRA to do list this weekend, um, and on 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 that list is to add some registration so people can e-register. Mm -hmm. But what's really cool is uh, I'm doing something that's that's new because I don't believe in not doing something new every time we do something. So mm -hmm. um, we're going to have a couple of clinics on Fremo HO in the mm -hmm. UK on Monday night, followed by a forum because. People haven't had the opportunity to get together to talk about organizing events and stuff like that. So that'll happen after there. Mm -hmm. And then on the Tuesday, we're doing a everyone come together and do a make and take weathering clinic. Mm -hmm. So everyone's got are going to get a list of stuff they need to buy. It's not expensive. We're mm -hmm. talking a few bits of pan pastels and some Tamiya washes and stuff, all stuff that's available in the UK and anywhere mm -hmm. else. And we're going to do that together with a clinician from Atlanta, Georgia. Wonderful. Then we're back to the normal... Uh, thing on wednesday but it's for fremo narrow gauge and fremo end scale mm -hmm. so a couple of three or two or three clinics about operations setting up an event organizing fremo events followed by a, a, a forum for for members who uh, organize such events in the uk to and, and maybe go to train shows with uh, fremo setups to do do a few of them uh, we'll chat through that and then Thursday, it's all about achievement programs. So people that want to become a master model railroader, mm. following Kathy Malat's footsteps and mm. a few others um, in the UK can can come along to that. Meet with the people that in the region that, that organise that, do the assessments, get advice. We'll have all kinds of stuff like that. <laughs> Friday, this is where your clinicians can step in. This will be live streamed, mm. so we'll be live streaming um, at least six, if not eight, clinics, thirty-minute clinics on different any topic. Uh, trying to get some more Brits to do it because mm -hmm. I'd love to see some British topics rather than just all American. Um, so we're going to be streaming that. 
might even get my old man to do a clinic, but Wonderful. get him to work out how to get his camera going, we'll be there. But <laughs> um, and then Saturday is absolutely amazing, right? So Saturday morning, we are having a make and take clinic, or hands on clinic, however you want to describe mm-hmm. it. You have to actually interact on programming Arduinos. Oh my goodness! Okay, <laughs> and then followed by a scenery clinic mm-hmm. using floristry foam, mm-hmm. and then and then after after that entertainment, if that wasn't enough, it gets better than that. If that isn't enough for y'all, we've got the boring AGM. No, it's not boring, but we've got the AGM, which is the members only thing, so it gives everyone Certainly. a bit of a break to go yes. and sit outside in the sunshine and have a few bevies. Yes. and then we have uh, a. a a live streamed uh, history lesson on the 75 years of the British region by a man called John Firth, who is, if he doesn't know about it, it didn't happen. I mean, mm. there's some really interesting stuff that's gone on having an organization in the UK that's aimed at North American modeling with mm. bells that came off Canadian Pacific locomotives that ended up in the UK that weighed so much that you couldn't move, that ended up in museums on concrete plinths that people had to drag out back in the 60s and 70s to go to conventions so this bell could be rung once mm. at the beginning and end of the AGM and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. They used to organise um, steam steam rail tours and mm. stuff like that of course the british region had the national convention in the uk in 1970s so all those good stories from back in the day um and then afterwards this is not being live streamed but people that go to the convention and the members can attend it will have a pub quiz run by gordy mm-hmm. followed by gordy's fire, fireside chat with a few with your own free bar uh-huh. and your own bottle yes. in your own house yes um uh, till till whenever, and that'll be a convention. So I think it'll be absolutely fantastic. It's probably the best thing we could have done uh, without actually being able to have a physical convention. So let's talk a little bit about joy, because I apparently, thanks to Matt Goodman, have become. But I don't mind being, you know, the spokesperson for joy. My perspective is that my wife does quilting. I may have told you the story. She's currently doing one of these quilting things. It seems to be less joyful, more NMRA style. But um, historically, the bring and build and the you know building structures together and these things where you have a community and everyone's making mistakes and everyone's learning stuff and it's done through webex or whatever means you're doing it that i've always found really fascinating and i saw it with my wife firsthand with regards to quilting's um you know things that she attends and i thought why can't we do this and i think some of that idea has rubbed off on what you're describing for these two specific clinics, which seem to be more more associated with... I mean, obviously, there's a clinician who's presenting it, but is your anticipation that everyone will have some kind of camera, people will be waving, you know, the stretches in front of the camera, potentially people oh, yeah. with phones, all this kind of stuff? I mean, that's really... That's exactly the kind of stuff that I'm looking for, you know, you guys uh, producing. So hats that's off. Exactly. Ex- this is just... This is just the proof of concept, mm-hmm. right? Because at Christmas, I can reveal exclusively <laughs> on Model Rail Radio. No one knows about this yet. Very good. Uh, exclusively, on I think the 27th of December, mm. we will be doing an NMRAX event. And as part of that, we will attempt to do the biggest make-and-take clinic that has ever been done in the world. Mm. And I, I want to get... I want three figures. I want about 300 to 400 people to mm. build the same kit together. Wow. I want them to involve their family. I want everything. We've got a downloadable kit 
Mm-hmm. want everyone to do the same it's through a, a, one of our NMRA partners I want mm-hmm. everyone to do the same thing it's a nice little switch tower I want everyone to build the same kit and, and, this, all you can, and it's a kit you can build with stuff you'll have in your house wonderful. if you've got a pair of scissors you can cut out the bits of this kit it's a card kit and obviously mm-hmm. you can use glue or whatever and everyone's got that kind of stuff around after Christmas so that's what we're going to do and that's going to I, I want to get hundreds of people doing that together at the same time so um you know this whole thing about armchair modeling well mm. you can still sit in your armchair but you're actually going to do a bit of modeling for me so mm. um yeah i think the future's the future's bright here and you've got to get that guinness certified as well i'm not talking about drinking guinness i'm talking about world record <laughs> certified most people building a model railroad well, we structure we kit. could contact guinness world records that's a good idea yeah, yeah. believe me that's you know. why you come on the show that's why you come on the show Gordy. <laughs> yeah exactly the brainstorming the brainstorming i got all my i got all my best advice here <laughs> very good very good so look we have on man we have on simon i think you've given the pitch if you're willing to wait in the wings i'll have just a regular conversation with them and then maybe talk to them towards the end about the potential for them being uh clinicians on this event and to be clear is do the clinicians have to be nmra members is that ideally suited or would you be willing to take non-NMRA member clinicians, if they are, as, you know, Martin and Simon are, um, you know, absolutely amazing clinicians. What's the requirement on that? I will always take clinics from people who are going to become NMRA members in the future, even if they don't realise it at this point. (laughs) Spoken like a true cult leader, Gordy. Please stay on the line. Um, We've got more to talk about, but I did want to talk to Martin and Simon. Um, and then we'll get back to you if you have the time. Do you have the time? Of course I do. Wonderful. Well, got Thank to, you. Got, got till the top of the hour. Very good. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll time that accordingly. Thank you, Gordy. I'd like to welcome on the two gentlemen who I have, uh, perhaps strong armed into doing something for Gordy. But anyway, let's move on beyond that. Simon and Man, Simon first. You had some, some some stuff you wanted to talk about that you thought Martin could give feedback on as well. Please, the floor is yours. Just that we had a meeting prior to today's show, just looking at ways forward for the next year, because obviously mm. over here, as Gordy just said, the R rate's going up and we're going to be on our own for quite some period. Um, and what Martin is working on his garden line, I'm potentially starting mine fairly shortly. He's probably working on sort of some sort of round robin between four of us, Ken and uh, Neil included in this, um, because we can socially distance at Martin's quite easily, as you know, and even at my place we could do the same, but it's just getting some motivation to do that now, because there, there won't be any model shows for the foreseeable future in person. I know there's lots of events uh, that are virtual, and what Gordy just said is very intriguing. Um, thanks, thanks for letting us join, Gordy. Uh, sign us up, please, but uh, do pay for us as well. <laughs> Um, that's, that's something that could be working out quite well. I think perhaps other people are thinking along the same lines with their sort of own lines and just going back to the basics. What are your thoughts, Martin? Uh, yeah, pretty much the same as Simon's. Uh, we've got to find our, our own way now, uh, in, in the hobby. And rather than go out to shows and, and see stuff and, and take stuff, we're going to capitalize on what we've already got and make the most of uh, what we've already got and have our own little shows uh, in our own places. So we can spread our time out uh, more evenly throughout the year. 
and make our, our own lines that are more interesting for people to operate. It's, we were talking, say, at the Zoom meeting before this, and we were just catching up. And my garden line, it, it's being designed in such a way that you have to operate it. Although there will be some roundy, roundy bits, uh, there will be uh, a, a great deal of actual operational interest, and there'll be tasks for people to do and, and trains to run and drop off and distribute and shunt and stuff like that, rather than just come in, switch your local on, do 25 laps of the circle, and that's it. There's no interest in that. Uh, and, and the same is, is true of, of Simon's uh, shed layout, where that really is an operational layout, and you can lose yourself for a day, uh, which is going to be a hell of a lot more fun. And Certainly. we're looking now at, at the concentrating on our own projects, as Simon was saying, if you need any help with a garden railway, you can pop round and if you need digging out post holes and stuff like that, uh, that that's great. I could have done with him last week, actually. I had an eight-yard <laughs> skip uh, here. So uh, and my back this week is really oh, no. the, oh, the, no. the fact of filling up that skip. But it's done, and, yes. and that space is cleared, and it had to be done mm-hmm. before I can sort of progress the garden, garden line. So... Uh, it's another milestone. Ken's already got all the sheeting that I need. Mm. And he's already said he's had a sort out of the sheds and he's just found a lot of metal work he didn't know he had. So anything I need fabricating from metal and welding and stuff, just give him a shout. So, and, and Ken's lab, you know, we we're talking about sort of Ken's lab's got quite overgrown in the garden line mm. and it's, it, it's uh, a lot to maintain. So we're, we're really looking at maybe we'll start we'll go back to sort of meeting at Ken's on a regular basis and stuff like that uh, to sort of help clear his line. And it's also a great motivator mm. that if you've got, say the guys coming around in a couple of weeks to operate the line, you're more inclined to think, well, let's get it, let's get it ready for them. You know, it, let's make sure all those snags are sorted out from last time, or let's make something a little bit more interesting. It's added another siding or a feature or something mm. to, to, make it more interesting for everybody. And the same is true from for indoor lines and uh, and and, very, and sharing projects. I mean, we're, we're talking with uh, Neil. Uh, I don't know if Neil's on this chat. I can't see on my thing. I, I don't think he's but, called in, unfortunately, yet. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but we're chatting with Neil because Simon is uh, – as, as, well, actually, Simon can talk about this. Uh, his, his cameras. Do you want to talk about your cameras, Simon, and, and the, how how they're going to be involved in your layout? Um We've touched that on in the past, actually. I mean, Certainly. Um, nothing really new other than I've forgotten how all the various bits plug together, but Neil being the font of all knowledge is, <laughs> is a guiding light with that. And I think Gordy, I mean, Gordy started talking about this a few months ago. Some feedback I wanted to give, actually, because I think the, uh, you know, NMRAX and these kind of things are very good, but something that I've found myself, and I've done this in two separate areas of interest, unfortunately not model railroading, is I've started to record dedicated YouTube channels in large part because I think some of the knowledge I have in certain areas is relatively esoteric, but also highly applicable to hobbyists and people that are starting out in these areas. And that's something that I've started really only in the past couple of weeks. I've produced, well, actually, that's not true. I've had one channel for about nine years, but I'm now producing regular content for it. Um, and the other channel I literally floated as a new channel as a means of you know, the YouTube algorithm, whatever, rather than just being a selection of squirrel and skunk videos, plus some other stuff, actually putting a dedicated channel together. But I think YouTube and creating an audience through YouTube is genuinely fascinating, particularly when you are area, well, you are both so humble, but I think if you 
put your knowledge into something that was episodic and enabled subscription and people to follow and this kind of thing. I think the fascinating learning points that you both have that thankfully you've shared um, on this podcast periodically may translate into video. And in, in the case of Simon, if he's already putting up cameras, because I think there's, there's a tone currently, which I'm finding fascinating on YouTube, the, the YouTube channels that have a particular tone, which is welcoming, lighthearted, but actually has quite a bit of information through that. These seem to be being extremely successful through, through the new normal with the view that I think they have the ability to uh, educate and inform in a, just a different way. And I know certainly we've had, um, you know, Mike Deverell on mics, even prior to the new normal was absolutely perfectly pitched. I'm not sure. I think, I think both of you might have seen Mike's channel historically. Simon, let's talk with you specifically first. Have you ever considered moving some of your knowledge onto YouTube? Have you ever considered that as a potential format with the addition of cameras? Do you think you could do, you know, operating sessions that then, you know, made their way to, to YouTube or another service similar to YouTube? Um, it could be done. It's given the time to it, whereas at the moment I, all the time either goes into the layout or the garden. Yeah. The, I mean, the prospect of getting it right, I've seen some of the YouTube and <laughs> when, it, when it's done well, Yes. You're part of it. When it's done poorly, it's very stilted. Certainly. And unless, unless you get it right, it can come over uh, not quite giving the point what you're trying to do. I think the um, trick is in part to make it so it's not a chore, uh, The which in some regards is very difficult, particularly if you want a certain level of professional product. But I think the subtleties, and certainly you know, Mike Devereux can talk more to this, but the YouTube channels that I follow seem to be, although some of them do take extensive additional effort, if you could just set things up, episodic, easygoing, uh, with the view that some will be more informational than others. I think the rule is, and the same is true for podcasts, the first 10 you do, you learn something. The first 100 you do, you learn something more. But I think it's in part just a means of documenting some of the things that you guys are doing, which you do do already just maybe not with a certain degree of formality. What are your thoughts? I suppose as a concept, it could work the way we work as a group, whereas talking about an issue, trying to resolve it, chewing over various assets and trying to increase the base of knowledge we've got might be a way of doing it. On your own, I think it's it can be very boring, whereas if you've got a group of people mm. discussing a problem, and we've done done that for quite a lot of the problems we've had, not only just with the small railways, but with the big railways, that would probably make quite a good video because of the interaction of the others and how Certainly. the problem is solved. Um, yeah, that, that, that could be a, a way of doing it. Well, I think but certainly I, what Gordy is proposing may be a way of you kind of dunking your toe in the water with regards to some of this as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how Martin thinks about this, but the, the first Sunday in June project as a concept in our view, is quite groundbreaking because it it's thrown away all the the sort of the pre-concept of how you design a model railway. We mm. started from a completely clean bench on how we would present something radically different, as you've seen. Now that that could probably make quite a good half an hour slot. How we would work that between us, I don't know. <laughs> what are because your thoughts, Martin? Need, uh, it, I was very interested, Tom, um, what you touched on on the presenter and that sort of 
being presented in a way that they could be the guy you met down the pub or your mate or to someone you know and mm. very casual, very laid back, uh, unpretentious. Because I, I watch uh, probably three regular classic car channels mm-hmm. and um, or car channels. The two are classic ones, a normal uh, salvage rebuilder uh, mm. guy, and they're very laid back. They 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 are what they are. There's no pretense about them. Uh, that you 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 get them waltz and all, and it is so appealing that they're so easy to listen to. Certainly, because they're just being natural, and they have a very good way of putting across what it is they're trying to do. And all of them come from a background of not knowing the answer when they set out. Yes. So they what you you travel along the journey with them, and it's waltz and all. If they make a mistake and it goes wrong. They tell you about it, and this is what went wrong. <laughs> yes, uh, they get feedback through the 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 chat in the YouTube uh, type of thing. Uh, or if they find out stuff, they talk about it and they explain. You know, they didn't understand this. There might be lots of people who think, "Oh, this is obvious." So why are they telling you this? But there, there are things that not everybody knows, and you know, not everybody knows everything. You're not born with knowledge straight away. Yes. You have to learn. And what may be obvious to some, they explain. Uh, they don't drag it out either. That's the mm. other thing. They, 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 if they can get it done in two or three minutes, they will. They won't drag it out to 15 minutes. And I'm, uh, I've started to very early, uh, just started to do some of my own. I, like you, I have a YouTube channel where I just bung everything up there. Certainly. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's mainly been a distribution thing. If I wanted to try and explain something to someone, Certainly. it was much easier to do with a YouTube video and just give them a link to it. Yeah. So if anyone subscribed to my YouTube channel, they'd just see a whole mix of stuff. And what this guy is on about. As I do. But I, I, I did, uh, I did one recently on the, uh, the, uh, on my car, the fold down hood thing mm. and the adjustments of the cables. Cause trying to explain that on the forum to people, what was what it, it was, you just couldn't write it down. It was so much easier. I found to do a video, but what I did find when I was filming that video, what a lot of work it is yes. <laughs> to, to do it. Well, and, I think the, the trick is, and I know, look, I know a number of YouTube producers that are, do spend, you know, eight to 12 hours per video. But I think there's a trick associated with framing where you can minimize some of that. It really is based on what level of production you want. For example, of the two that I'm doing currently, one is exploring a lot of the software that I've had in the public domain open source for more than 20 years now. And that is framed around specific problems like you know, I want to add a particular kind of pathogen in the simulation, or I want to start getting output from an aspect of the simulation, or, um, you know, let's get the simulation to compile, or, you know, these things are all typically 10 to 15 minute videos at most. And it enables me to give a lot of the nuances, which people wouldn't normally see if they were just, you know, rote trying to do it themselves. So I think for certain things, this can really work. I, I'm fascinated, particularly from the NMRX, of the notion of workspaces, of modeling workspaces. Um, and that's one of the beautiful vistas that Gordy has presented, is to see so many different modelers' workspaces and see how they've organized it, see how, you know, the focus of their modeling will oftentimes describe the layout. I think it'd be wonderful to have a kind of camera over the shoulder workspace discussion as you or Simon. I mean, Simon has, you know, a few of these workspaces, 
But I think that would be a really fascinating, you know, set the cup of tea down. Here's the problem. Here's how I'm going to tackle it. Maybe some time lapse, maybe, um, you know, coming back after you've done some particularly fiddly work that might require some cussing or various other things, which may not be YouTube friendly. Um, but I think th what fascinates me is these kind of intimate vistas oftentimes can frame a lot of interesting learning. Anyway, I, I may just be, you know, dreaming in a kind of unapplicable setting here. But you have a workspace where you do most of your modeling, right, Mark? Uh, I will have a number of workspaces. Ah, uh, you see, this is the difficulty, I guess. So, yeah, uh, yeah we, we have a, a more sort of tight workspace upstairs mm. in a in a, a shared craft room, mm. uh, which my, my wife is into card crafts and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So we we have desks next to each other and we share elements and it's all cupboarded out and racked out and tooled out. And we have mm. crossover with some of the tools and bits Wonderful. and pieces. Uh, we have a laser cutter. She seems to be using 90% <laughs> of the time than me Very at the good. moment. Uh, but, yeah, we have a number of workspaces. But, yeah, I, I am... I am particularly interested in producing YouTube videos mm. uh, for a number of reasons. I, I've personally learned a lot from what other people have done Certainly. Uh, and from, from various uh, elements of it. And I, I feel I'd quite like to give some of that back. I mean, but uh, I'm also interested in it as a medium anyway. I mean, I'm, Unfortunately, I'm in the day job. I use Adobe CC package, so mm -hmm. uh, I've got other things that I can. Uh, I forget is it Adobe Premiere or something is Certainly. one of the things yeah. for video. Uh, because I, I, I iMovie is great, and, and I do most of my stuff in that. Uh, but I have found limitations, uh, so I've just worked around them. But yeah, I think uh, there's a definite possibility of. I mean, I, I, I can work with Simon anyway, mm -hmm. uh, and sort of work a way of producing a video, especially on some of that machining stuff he does. It's absolutely sure. mind -blowing. Amazing. And, and but, but the very nature of the machining, that would be extremely difficult for him to do the machining and film it. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's going to be, it would need to be a two person uh, thing. And I, I started to tentatively look into things. Is it a, a gimbal? I think they call mm -hmm. it that you, that mm -hmm. to steady uh, the, the filming. Certainly. I've also thought about looking into standalone video cameras mm -hmm. uh, to have a better zooming control i mean to be honest the iphone takes fantastic video yes. for, for, for what it is but again that there are limitations because of the sort of the, the wide angleness of the lens and, mm -hmm. and various bits and pieces and and i i try wherever i can to put my iphone onto some sort of tripod and try and work out stuff so I'm particularly interested in in the video side of stuff, and also as a presented package, mm. and and the titling and the labelling and and information that, that goes on with it. So, and, and we between us as a little group, we've got quite a lot to say. I think certainly uh, with what we've done, and it would get our projects out there more. Mm. Uh, and, and and the beauty of, of the YouTube video. We can still use that in forums, on Facebook, mm -hmm. in Twitter, and stuff like that. It can be used across multiple platforms and show what we do. Because it's, sometimes it's very difficult to put in writing and a few pictures mm. what, what we're trying to get to or how we've done something. Especially things like, I mean, not on the first Sunday in June layout, how the baseball supports go up. You, unless you've seen it, it's very difficult to write, <laughs> and, and the picture wouldn't mean anything. But, you know, a, a two-minute video would show the, the brutal simplicity 
of how that leg system works and works every time with just a few simple measurements and a few simple devices and how we've got away from not having any nuts and bolts to put a layout together mm. and and also you know, and, and follow the concept and and you know, our, our first sunday in june can be a whole a, a series of small stories Certainly. about the layout so that people can dip in and out dip out of they may reference stuff they may not uh, or they could look at the whole thing as a complete story uh, and on, on how we approach various elements and, and we approach a lot of stuff as as you know that covers the basic for woodwork metalwork electronics 3d printing laser yes. cutting you name it i think we've touched on it at some point uh, in that project so yeah we'd like to share that experience with people and i think video i think it's been brought home because of the pandemic mm. how much video has has become important whereas before it's something that's always oh, another youtube video i'll quickly look at that but yeah yeah, there's people getting pretty good at it now, and I'm liking the the more sort of laid back presenters. Mm. It's it's got a, a comfy slippers feel about it. I'm in. Yeah, there, there's some of the video guys I'll I'll just put on, and I'm almost uh, sort of laying on the settee <laughs> watching one of their videos. And sometimes you can just shut your eyes. You don't yes. need you don't need to see what they're doing. You can just listen to them. They just have a way about them, uh, and and. I mean, one of the guys is, is a real cockney, mm-hmm. and it's just so interesting, just the way he explains <laughs> things, and, 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 and he's just like, guy, you know, it's, he apologises yes. for his, his, his way, but that's what's endearing about it. Without question. And, and, yes. and you listen to him, you don't switch off. Yeah. I think because they come across well, you get suckered into it, and, and you do take on board, and you remember, and I save all these people's videos and things, because yes. I often refer back to them for various bits of information, so... Yeah, I think we, me and Simon and Neil and Ken, really need to get our heads together and just storyboard a few ideas and and just work out the plan and and, and just crack out a few and just see what Wonderful. happens. And as you say, the first ten, you make a mess of it <laughs> and, and you learn. But each time you get better. And I've noticed that with the people I follow and Certainly. subscribe. If you look at their early videos, oh yeah, yeah, and then they then they seem to have dropped into a, a format certainly which, which exactly so, uh, exactly uh, I, I think it's it's getting your format is, is the important thing uh, but uh, yeah it's an interesting topic tom one thing that you touched upon which i wanted to say explicitly which probably came up in the zoom call is first sunday in june was intended to be a show layout now with the new normal looking like there probably won't be shows in you know the next year or so the way that you display first sunday in june has to change in some regard and I think what's fascinating through what you're saying, and I'm just putting it out explicitly, is that this realization, because you, your crew is so heavily involved with regards to, you know, building layouts for shows, showing at shows, getting a community energy from that. Now that's no longer there. I think the idea of doing this through video, but more importantly, this makes this thing international. One of the things that I find really fascinating, why I really enjoy talking with you, uh, folk in Kent, is that I've seen your work. And other modelers who listen to Bottle Royal Radio, the professor in Australia, for example, really likes hearing from you guys as well, because he can visualize what you're saying. But I think the ability to actually see what you guys do in a format that YouTube provides will bring an audience to your work, which I, I'm trying to get through words alone. <laughs> But through video, I think, would be really very receptive. 
I think I've already provided a lot of encouragement already to this particular direction. But certainly I really understand what you're talking about, Martin, in the context of what you've done historically associated with showing layouts at shows. And obviously there's there's a new normal. Things have changed. Who knows how long it'll go on for. But you still want the same energy and utilizing, you know, YouTube in a video format to do this, I think would bring your work to an audience, which I've tried, lamented, um, through Model Rail Radio, but through video, immediately, I think people will just get exactly the stuff that you've been doing. So, um, I think I've, I've said my piece here. Yeah, you're quite right there, Tom. And, and it gives us now the opportunity to actually get our work out to a much wider audience mm. than just the shows in the UK. Mm. So, uh, yep, yeah, it's interesting times. We, we, we have to evolve. Amen. Amen. So, Simon, Martin, while I still have you on, Simon's already indicated he's willing to dip his toe in the water. Martin, if you were to do a 30-minute clinic, what would you do a 30-minute clinic on? Oh, blimey. Uh, <laughs> probably my laser cutter mm. and how it played quite a part in when we were building the yard. Mm. Mm. And in fact, the yard would be a good project. That was my thinking exactly. I was waiting for you to say it and you said it. <laughs> we, we, uh, that was done under a very tight time scale mm-hmm. of three months. I think it was we had to build that. Uh, yes, we had one, one major item already but it wasn't powered mm. and uh so that's probably quite an interesting layout because of ha- the, a the speed it was done in the construction again the baseboards were uh slightly different uh, it, it's the it's how we first got into the uh, or what it's the floating baseboard element yeah. came to that the floating edge board the odd stand that we used the radio control element yeah. of how we've got the radio control lorries and we've radio control crane and the presentation it's quite a quite a sort of covers all bases really so that that would be quite a nice layout to cover so i'd probably mm. concentrate on that and and obviously the 3d printing element of it as sure. well and then there's the machining element where you know simon's so we in fact it covers all bases mm. of, of it covers all of our skill sets that we put into it we've we've all put a deal of machining or, or manufacturing or creation uh, input fault uh, and design process, but in a very, very short time period. So, uh, and the crane being the one thing that you carried over, mm-hmm. my, my view is that the crane actually was pretty heavily rebuilt, re-engineered. What you originally got with the crane and what you ended up with with the crane is actually quite a different thing, right? Oh yeah. The work Simon did on uh, the engineering elements mm. of the, the, the main crane operating element and the motors and the mounting and the axles it was without that you know we we, we would have been on to a hiding to nothing and then obviously then neil comes in with his electric wizardry with all the radio control uh elements that that just makes it work so well mm. even to the extent he put cameras in mm. uh, into the crane which as it transpired by pure accident, we found out we didn't need when I put the hook back on the wrong way around. And, uh, <laughs> and we just found, my God, that just makes things so, so much easier. Yes. <laughs> it, it was, it was a, a fluke, but, uh, there's a nice lot of stuff to cover. And then, and Ken with his welding, I mean, he, he welded up, uh, the, the rear supports and, and the support for the, the beam and, and stuff like that. So, uh, but also we've got to hand credit to our friend, uh, Giles Favel, who, uh, first got us introduced to the 
greater control of mm. uh, uh, vehicles and his latest one, which I think I put a link on, on mm. the Facebook page, I can't remember. He's now uh, made a radar controlled 143rd scale forklift truck mm. that's uh, working just like a forklift truck should with the tilting and lifting and, and grinding as well. So there's no end to what he's, he's producing, which apparently we've got to operate when we, <laughs> when we next go out to exhibit. <laughs> but uh, he's, he's actually has an, a very interesting YouTube channel if you want to know how to do that stuff. Mm. Uh, it's worth watching uh, for that. But uh, yeah, that's going back to your original question. Yeah, I think the yard would be wonderful. Something that would cover quite a bit uh, of, of and, and give a taste of what we are about. Aside from the garden railway stuff, which will be another series. I think. I think we've got a lot to. Well, we always got a lot to say, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> but no, I think the discipline of creating a 30-minute clinic is a very real thing. And I think it uh, it will give you an opportunity to refine down, basically, what is – I mean, I think every time we talk about the yard, we spend 30 minutes detailing various elements of it. But as you say, when you start listing the points, you very quickly you know, establish a hierarchy. And I think what would be interesting is a, a tight 30 on the yard would be – amazing a tight 30 on first sunday in june would be amazing and yeah if, if you can get ken and neil um to think about something similar for me participating in nmrx was fascinating the actual participation in this thing i think you'll get a lot from as well because it is a format where unless you've experienced it you can kind of get a sense of it but actually experiencing it is a thing in and of itself and you start to realize more how you can refine your own, because it's a different form of presentation. You refine your own presentation skills within that. And the feedback that I've gotten, particularly from folks like Clark Kooning, has been really fascinating. You know, second time, change this. Third time, change this. So thank you both for uh, for being such good sports with regards to me putting you on the spot today. And I'm sure Gordy's taken furious notes and you, you already have time slots allocated to you. So we'll we'll leave that as it is. Anything else from both of you? Anything else associated? We've been really formal associated with your Zoom discussion. Anything of interest? Anything new? I'll start with Simon. Anything? Uh, that- no, just could I quickly just go back to what he's talking about? Mm-hmm. Would that be something that Gordy would be interested in from a group instead of an individual? Because it covers a whole raft of different aspects of the modelling. Whereas in the past, the ones I've watched of Gordy, they're all doing specific items. This is a layout in its entirety. You're coming through very faint, Gordy. I, I'm not sure what's going on, but your audio is very faint. I think he said all good. Oh, right. I mean, from a technical <laughs> point of view, I don't know whether... I think uh, you, there, have been a couple, be there have been a couple with a couple of um, presenters. I mean, I think what's interesting here is maybe that you could coordinate, like, you know, just getting notes perhaps from your crew or what have you and still be single presenters or potentially two. Um, because I think... Uh, while the nuances, I mean, the notion of a tight 30 is a very real thing. So you're going to have limited time to talk anyway. And perhaps it's where you as a crew can kind of collectively <laughs> brainstorm what each 30 minutes will look like, but then maybe single presenters for, I mean, I think there are ways that this thing could probably work with the view that it's not as, I did, I think, 45 minutes and that was still relatively, you know, I had to rehearse it, work it out, this kind of stuff. So I think. It's, it's got a lot of potential with, with, with the art. 
I mean, does it have to be live? I mean, could it be pre-recorded? This uh, is something we've talked about. I think the live enables you to take questions potentially. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm back. Hopefully. Your audio's good. Your audio's good. My goody. audio's good. Uh, okay, yes. So we can pre-record it. We can pre-record segments. Uh, but we kind of try to get you there to do some live Q and A at the end because that's what's so good about it. Um, but everything you guys said was was great. I think the the you know the kind of style of going for like a, a kind of video magazine is great. Um, where you've got the, lots of different topics. The the problem with lots of different topics is it can generate lots of different questions, and lots of different questions can take you over your time. <laughs> and we end up uh, we end up saying like you know we have to go back. Uh, we have done clinics with people where we've had multiple presenters. Uh, most notably, we did one with Miles Hale MMR and uh, John Lawrence MMR, and and they did a joint clinic, and we just gave them two two forty five minute slots back to back, and they kind of just melted one clinic into the other and talked about signage and buildings and all kinds of stuff so you know i'm totally flexible if you guys everything you talked about there was really interested and i know people will be really interested in uh, in what hearing from what you guys are doing and just touching on what tom said if, if you guys really are seriously thinking about doing some kind of video channel or audio channel it's a really good way to dip your feet and then have a look at it afterwards and see what it looks like and the great thing is we said being nmrex as Tom will say, you don't have to do any of the editing. It's like going to dinner at someone's house and not having to do the dishes. So I encourage you to give it a try if you can. I've got two what months worth it? of dishes of Model Rail Radio just waiting in the sink, Gordy. So sorry. Sorry, Simon, continue. I just said, Gordy, when, when is this event? Uh, the event is running from the 19th of October uh, through to the 24th, and it would be the Friday, which I think it will be the 23rd of October. And it'll be Friday evening. And I have slots available. If you bear with me, I can I can actually schedule you live. <laughs> I think we need to discuss this initially to see if, if the concept we can get it to work. Because obviously at the moment we're spread over various parts of Kent, and the layout is at Martin's. So I think we'll have to get back to you before you schedule us because it might put a bit too much pressure to do it too quickly at, at this. Well, Currently, currently the uh, the times are open. I kind of was planning to do it from about seven o'clock to ten o'clock, and the, the British time, GMT, or no, it'd be summertime still then, um, and just keep it open. So just let me know. Okay. To be continued. Sounds good. What do you think, Martin? <laughs> about what? No. <laughs> if there's pre-records, obviously of the layouts, and then we could both be live at the end to take that's the easy bit isn't it live at the end it's the pre-record and getting the bits working and talking over the various elements yeah there's there's two ways we can uh, approach it we can rehearse it and try and do it on the fly or we pre-record the sort of basic concept about the layout and um, because that's that's going to need various camera angles can i offer an idea things. here yeah maybe a dozen stationary photos that you then talk to the notion of video here would be useful in part, but I think if you're going to explore various elements and you lay it out, you can take photos and then you can both talk to the photos, right? You can agree upon which photos you're going to use. I mean, video is probably superior in some areas, and maybe you could do video which you talk over as well. But I think the notion of pre-record, just the perhaps the stilted nature of it, my view is probably better if you do have pre-recorded video, talk over the pre-recorded video, do the pre-recorded video without sound, for example, on specific areas. 
but I think the stilting of, and now we're going to the pre-recorded video, and then we're coming back, and now we're going to the pre-recorded video, whereas a lot of the stuff that you're describing, probably still photos or maybe some video to give spatial elements, could be useful where you could still be talking live to whatever you have. Yes, that'd work. Yeah, we could work it. Uh, well, there's a number of ways we could work it. Uh, we, I mean, to do it with the layout actually operating, it would need at least two of us, mm. for sure. Well, one's got to be presenting and talking about it. Uh, in fact, it may even need three of us, because <laughs> you'd have one person talking about it. Operating and filming. Yes. Operating, yeah, and one person <laughs> filming, which, depending on whether we're COVID-ridden or not, <laughs> uh, and then the whole situation is how it could be done. And also, because the layout's at my place, I'd probably have to move the layout into the conservatory rather than the shed because mm. of the internet connection. Mm. And, in fact, if it's in the conservatory, I could hardwire us because that would be the other thing, mm. uh, having a decent connection. And uh, so, yeah, we, we need to talk about it off air, as it were, mm-hmm. and just work out the ways. But, geez, anything's possible, isn't it? Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. You just, you, you, we're never going to be a, a, a BAFTA winner, but we've got to start somewhere. <laughs> and, that kind of helps decide which way you go in. Uh, yeah, that would be a big help. Yeah, because the, the way, I mean, just very off the top of my head, I'm thinking about it, what Tom said about the photos is, is well, fo- you need something. Mm. And photos would be good uh, because we can have those properly cropped and, and whatever and, and showing the right thing. But it, it'd be good to have, a, I don't know, a 15-second video that you, you can throw up that, you know, this shows that the crane operating. Mm. You know, and 15 seconds is enough for people to get the idea. Uh, so, you know, the, the mix of the two uh, could could work quite well. And in fact, what work we would be looking to do on our own YouTube video mm. of the layout, uh, we could utilize some of that. So it, 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 none of it's wasted. Mm. It's all stuff that can be multi-purposed. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's a project. It's a bit like having a, a deadline for the next exhibition where you've got, <laughs> you really must finish with that loco or repair that point. Yes. Uh, you know, if you've got and a target it focuses the mind but if, if you had said it was like oh sometime next year uh, when would we talk about it, you know, <laughs> it it's it's nothing like having a, a, a target date so yeah I, i'm interested for the challenge go on then i'm in <laughs> wonderful wonderful and martin just make, sure, just make sure tom doesn't put this recording out to about november well that's <laughs> believe me as i said two two months worth of dishes in the sink Two months worth of dishes. <laughs> the question that I gave to Simon, you didn't have an opportunity to answer. Anything else? Any other update? Anything you want to present? Oh, to? I'll, I'll do something quickly because I just mm-hmm. noticed our tea's arrived. Uh, well, <laughs> to get the mojo back, I've uh, been doing the Garden Railway. And the, going back to the videos, a, a guy I watch uh, a lot is uh, Steve Atkinson, and he builds Garden uh, garden Railway buildings mm-hmm. from this Fomex PVC. And that's where I learnt you know, the idea. So I've been watching his couple of his videos again just to get me back into the swing bit and i've started building on about well i started drawing and i'm about to start building the engine shed for the garden railway Mm. and i've done mock-ups and they're okay and the good shed i did a mock-up i've looked at it for a couple of weeks and didn't like it and then realized why and i altered it and it's got it how it wants so my mojo modeling mojo is building uh the buildings Mm. for the the garden railway so that's that's Wonderful. my concentration at the moment uh to to get the old modeling back up and running again and, and in fact I, I like buildings it's probably my 
of railway modelling. That is my favourite element of railway modelling is, is buildings and structures, <clears throat> especially industrial. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's that's all I've been doing, Tom. So it's uh, Very good. Very good. Nothing really exciting. Well, pass uh, my regards to Neil. I was disappointed not to have a chance to chat with him today, but always a pleasure catching up with you both. Um, yep. Obviously, Martin, you have more pressing duties, but Simon, if you could stay yes. on the call, um, we will no doubt have uh, other topics of discussion. Thank you both for calling in today. It's been a real pleasure. And I'll, I'll catch up with you, Simon, a bit later, yeah? Yeah, we'll have a chat. If you've got time tomorrow, we can have another Zoom chat. All right. Yeah, drop us a line. <laughs> okay. Cheers, Martin. Right. Yeah, Thank see you, you later. Bye. You. See you. Cheers. Ah, I do so like being a bad influence friend. I do so like being a bad influence friend. Okay. Gordy, do we need to wrap anything up or I think we've wrapped? Your commission check will be in the post. Believe Um... me. (laughs) So, yeah, look, my view is two highly capable presenters who it, it clearly needed just a little bit of a nudge. Uh, but I think we gave them the nudge today. And moreover, I think the, the stuff that you were doing, hats off to you, Gordy, presenting these uh, these luminaries. And the, well, look, my view is that when I look at Simon and Martin's work, when I look at their crew's collective work, these are people who should be well-known in the hobby. But because of the kind of regional, you know, you bring this thing internationally, Gordy. Um, so hats off to you. It's just one big happy family. But like you're talking about the cameras there as well at one point about um, IP cameras, I'm guessing, mm. um, and, and stuff like that. Well, since I last spoke to you, I've actually operated Dave Abelese's layout. Yeah, no, I've seen the photos. Yeah, You saw all the stuff with that. Yeah. And uh, I'm also now, uh, every Wednesday night, I'm dispatching a layout in Texas um, just to complete my NMRA um, achievement program dispatcher. Uh-huh. I needed some hours for it. And dispatching is one of the one, the only uh, thing at the moment that they'll allow to do remotely. Um, so I've been just completing my dispatching hours. Wonderful. Uh, and and so I uh, I also have completed my electrical achievement program certificate in the past week. I did that remotely and we had a remote assessment and uh having you know tested tested the uh, the layouts uh, remote operations capabilities by letting some aussies operate it uh-huh. um as you do i uh, had no trouble getting uh, my uh assessor from liverpool to remotely operate the layout whilst doing an assessment <laughs> so he was driving his own train around the layout so we could do the assessment to say that electrically the layout worked and all the different bits and pieces so it's uh the hobby's really exciting at the moment your space that you that you do this stuff in is really impressive. Is this? I mean, are you in a new build? Is this an addition to your house? How did you get that space? I designed the house and built it. We built it ourselves. It's our self build. I know I'm only thirty three, but this is how we built our own house. So, Wonderful. Um, it's uh, it's the space is nice. It's thirteen. Well, it's twelve feet eight. Now it's got all the walls on um, yeah. because whenever you do a drawing or something, you've always got to remember that <laughs> skirting boards and, and, and drywall has to go on and Take insulation. And, yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's amazing how much uh, that a windowsill um, always takes an inch off the room because it sticks into the room a little bit. Mm. Um, I think I need to change that fashion. But anyway, um, yeah, the space that I've got is 21 feet by 12 feet 8 mm. inches. And then it has a little alcove that's uh, four and a half feet wide and mm. kind of it's uh, it's seven feet deep and it has another little bit out. So that kind of that forms an L shape in the corner of the room. And that's 
that's where I started working because it's out of the way and it gives me that big space to to have like as a workshop mm-hmm. through winter. Um, but the layout will fill the entire space. The, the kind of discussion at the moment is whether um, the layout will be a single deck with my uh, modeling reference library underneath it mm-hmm. or whether I will just go whole hog and do uh, a four deck layout in end scale in the corner and three decks in the main bit which would give me a 22 about it would give me about the difference is if i do one deck i get kind of two scale miles in end scale if mm. i do three decks of course i get six plus the helixes or helices um <laughs> so yeah time and budget um and all that good stuff so i'm just weighing that up but we've got the prototypes laser cut um, and it's just the problem we've got at the moment is finding a laser cutter in the UK because everybody's busy cutting acrylic screens and stuff like that. The prices of the price of getting the stuff done tripled overnight. Um, well, you might have the- you might have heard Martin has a laser cutter. So I'm I'm wondering how big it is though. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> let's see. You this is something I will leave with you, uh, but you have all the means to find this information this information out, Gordy. I'll leave it with you. Okay. Look, I, I'm very pleased Thank to have brought you together with with these gentlemen in Kent, um, because I think certainly, uh, yeah, passion for the hobby second to none in both directions. But no, it's a beautiful space, and it's interesting. I the more now I know someone in Orkney. Every time I hear Orkney, my ears pick up. You, you know, <laughs> pre Stone Age, you know, catacombs and things like this. I'm just like. Orkney just sounds like, I mean, it seems like the world is Orkney now, I know you. Um, so, yeah, it's fascinating. And obviously, the winter is a serious business in your part of the world. What are your plans for the winter months in terms of the hobby, aside from running all these NMRA exes? Um, so, yeah, so the agreed plan of, a, the agreed plan of attack with uh, Alex, my, my better half, mm-hmm. um, is to have by Christmas the first two decks of the layout scenic so that's my mm. half first half of christmas project that will actually should see my mmr finished mm-hmm. um and then the second half will be to um add um decks three and four with the track and the scenery so by the time we come out of winter we should have um half of the layout finished fully with remote operating sessions on a regular cadence uh, all finished that's the plan so that mm. means I think it's 30 or 40 structures to do, um, about 70 square feet of scenery, um, and a good another 30 or 40 feet of track work to do with all the electronics and everything and all that good stuff. So mm. busy, busy winter, but then the days are short, the weather's terrible, mm. um, you know, <laughs> and it looks like we're all going to be locked in anyway. So it'll be a good winter. I'm looking forward to it. I have, I have a, a I'm a, I'm a, I'm sad really because I'm a project manager. Well, I had a project managed stuff at work, and so I have a a supply spreadsheet that sells me all my inbound commodities that I need to receive into the into Orkney at what time with the lead time specific for the fact that I live on an island mm. <laughs> in the middle of the Atlantic. So I know I need to order four or five helices from Germany before to arrive before the 31st of December. So those will be on order. And, and all that good stuff. And I'm just tracking when the next shipment of Kato Unitrack into the UK is from Japan. <laughs> so Good luck all, with that. It's yes. all go, mate. It's all go. Yeah. No, I, I too maintain spreadsheets with regards to mail. It's one of the reasons that I think the UK is looking like the final destination because probably about two-thirds of the stuff that I'm sending and receiving is coming from the UK currently, which makes me think probably save a bit of money if I actually move there. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I too maintain 
and in in inward and outbound spreadsheet um, in order because the the postage times sometimes you're lucky. For example, I sent a package to a guy in the UK. Sent another one uh, nine days later. They're both going to be arriving on Monday. So, so yeah. I have I have a number of tenses which I use for uh, you know is it going through Coventry? Okay, add two here, huh. you know. But no, I the the times the worst is actually Europe from the US to anywhere in Europe, um, not the UK here, but anywhere in mainland Europe, five, six, seven weeks easily. So no, interesting times we live in, Gordy. I do have a couple of gentlemen that I was hoping to have a chance to chat with. Any any concluding business? Anything else you want to throw out before? I think we've had quite a lot, and and uh, thanks for having me on and, and uh, introducing me to the to the guys. And you know, if anybody else wants to get in touch and and talk to me about anything model railroading wise, NMRA wise, NMRAX wise, whatever, then um, people people generally know how to get hold of me. But if you specifically want to do an NMRAX thing, then you can email us NMRAX at NMRA.org. And uh, that will land in my mailbox, and, and I will converse with anyone that, that needs to talk to me. But thank you. I'm going to drop off now, but thank you. Wonderful. Everyone. Pleasure as always, Cody. Thanks for chatting. No worries. Cheers. Bye now. I'd like to welcome back on Michael Tony. Mike, I have had a chance. I haven't actually... The locomotives, the Michael locomotives are literally... Not arm's reach, but eye visibility from where I sit in my podcasting room. I have been watching a lot of Marklin related stuff. I've also been, I've also been watching the videos from the, what is it called? The European enthusiasts and European railway enthusiasts that you recommended. European train enthusiasts. European train enthusiasts. There we go. So I've also been watching their videos and I've kind of come to the conclusion that I didn't realize Marklin had the additional track AC element. I don't know how I missed that in my years of model priority, but somehow I did. But in our conversation, you mentioned that they are also easy to be converted to, you know, DCC, regular DCC or other things. And I was thinking in particular with David Reese's um, rejoining the kind of community in the discussion. I don't know. I need to, I need to get a sense of how small uh, his stuff will go. But I think I think I probably want to run them as you know as one would run an American prototype, maybe with uh, Blue Rail or maybe uh, with DCC. I think the Markman track itself, and that enables me to run other locomotives as well. So um, the scenes that I would be looking to recreate. So yeah, I'm in an interesting space with regards to my thinking currently, but also in the same in the same breath, reducing everything for the potential of a, a move if not a, a an international move, potentially a national move. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting times currently. I'm, I'm not sure whether I want to bring a, maybe bring a micro layout into the world is exactly the right thing that I need to do currently. Uh, but anyway, I did want to say that, uh, you know, I hope the magazines and the, um, the Silicon Valley lines membership and all these other things might make up for the fact if I have to renege on our potential to build a, a module, um, you know, a, a two bits of a module um, that I can string together. Uh, because, yeah, I think certainly our conversations have been, um, what's the right term? Instigatory, let's say instigatory, in my, um, you know, further investigation. I think that once I've done a few things in my podcasting room, the Markman will be coming out of the box. And what I will do is actually make, you know, photos and videos uh, to show you what I have. 
uh, to talk potentially about Blue Rail or regular DCC installation. You did mention our discussion that people do occasionally run the Markland locomotives not on the two and a half rail track AC. Well, yes, they. Um, well, first of all, the uh, the Merklin itself, the oldest ones, run on strictly AC, just like a Lionel. Mm. You know, it's an AC track system. Um, the two running rails are insulated, so they uh, they could be used as DC rails and just ignore the center studs. Mm-hmm. Um, in the very old days, like early 50s, I believe, it was, actually was a rail. It looked like miniature Lionel track. Um, the other trick to do is this. The locomotive, the motor in the locomotive wants some kind of power. Now, a lot of times people will make a tender for a a leading boxcar and put it right behind the locomotive and that will be the power pickup. So whatever comes into that boxcar can be anything and what comes out is something that the motor is happy with. So you could run it on Merklin, you could run it on DCC, you could run it on straight DC, you could run it on straight AC and depending on which one you're doing, you put that particular boxcar or that particular tender with that locomotive. So, um, so the power stays the same, you know, the motor the uh, thing that makes it move, but the feed is a wire that plugs in between the first car and the locomotive. And given that a great many of these locomotives are like tank locomotives mm. um, and don't have a tender per se, you would just have a designated boxcar that would sit behind Certainly. it, and that would be the, the pickup of conversion. Now, um, as far as moving, um, yeah, you wouldn't want to move a module if you're going to say you're going to move to Great Britain. However, if you made a layout that was essentially a a two-inch thick layout that would sit on a table and would fold in half so you'd have two three-foot sections and unfold it and give you a six-foot section. And on the top half, you had European, and on the bottom, you would have North American. So depending on what you wanted to run, you just flip this over on your table. You've been pitching me this idea, and I think my perspective is, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's an interesting idea, but my preference would be to have one thing that worked for both as opposed okay. to the, the flipping. And that, that was really my thought with regards to this was, is it, yeah, it, it just seems inefficient to have two separate layouts, uh, even with the flippability, um, with the view okay. that, you know, this is, if I'm taking something, I want it to be relatively, you know, bulletproof. And also, I don't know. I mean, I think, so that has caused me to think that I, I love the aesthetic of the locomotives and rolling stock. But the aesthetic doesn't necessarily require me to use whatever, you know, is, is prearranged. With well, regards. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if you wanted to, you could literally um, run everything off of plain old, you know, NCE or Digitrax DCC, hitting your locomotives, and you have a whole, you know, NMRA-style DCC, but you would have European prototype locomotives. Mm. And uh, now the, the cars don't care what pulls them. <laughs> and uh, um, so, uh, but yeah, if you're going to move, um, one of the advantages of, of flip over layouts is it sort of forces you to make all the buildings removable, Certainly. which is good for moving because it's it's fairly easy to move one of these um, flat, you know, desk type unfolding layouts, you know, like an Ian Rice that folds in the middle. It was kind of easy to make if you make all the buildings easily removed. You know, having fixed in, buildings fixed in place, that doesn't always move very well. Now, Pelly's yeah, I'm, I'm not advocating for fixed buildings here. I mean, I, I want to be perfectly clear. Yeah. 
clearly okay. for a moving layout, the buildings have to be removable, be it magnets or just drop in or whatever. Um, I think yeah. it, it, it's so. I think in Lionel, when I was talking to Lionel um, in his podcast, he asked me about my history of modular layouts, um, and I've had real trouble with that, particularly based on the kind of aggressive nature of movers, be they you know from Las Vegas to here or what have you. So I think yeah. I'm I'm mindful that um, I haven't historically been able to build a layout that has moved well. And part oh, okay. of that is, um, part of that is just associate. I mean, I think the layouts I was moving didn't have any structures on them, but I did things like bubble wrapped, you know, the track and, you know, they weren't designed right. yeah. to be coffinized. And I think if I were to build something, um, you know, it would, it would have to be in a coffin, um, with the view that that would give. And I have a number of coffin cases, some actually of a reasonable size. I don't know. Well, they're there. Um, kind of suitcase-sized coffins. Um, so they're, what, uh, not quite three feet by two feet. Um, maybe they are three feet by two feet. So, you know, that would give some option uh, for carrying, you know, modular components, um, particularly if I did relatively thin modules, which was my thought, um, and then I could stack the modules internally where, you know, they were kind of... 10 inches by three feet, basically. Um, so yeah, there are a few options here. I'm just mindful that I don't want to, I don't want to start something that I can't finish or I can't move. And I think they're the parameters yeah. that I'm working with currently. Well, um, well, one thing I wish we had, um, when we do, uh, conventions, we do one day of, um, operations. You know, mm. it's the OPSEG day. And you have clinics on operations, and you go and do op sessions. I wish we had one day or even half a day of modules, mm. where the whole day was like, say, six or eight clinics well, that's on what, modules. That's uh, what Gordy proposed. I'm not sure if you were on the call when he was talking about that. Yes, I did. I, that uh, that there'd be specialized. Yeah. Um, and I would easily, I could easily get up and give a 30 minute clinic on module legs, mm -hmm. a 30 minute clinic on module covers and coffins uh, on module techniques to make them easily moved. In other words, um, I have a couple of modules that are the end pieces, which are a 180-degree turn back, and they're like 5 feet by 3 feet, which is a cumbersome size, but I've built them to sit on an auxiliary, um, um, like a, uh, a cradle, like a, uh, a, uh, the support part of them is separate. It's totally removable. So, um, and that, that folds up. So, uh, so by eliminating, you know, when you get things big, you want to minimize one of the dimensions. And one of the easiest dimensions to minimize is thickness. Mm. So, uh, I mean, there's a, when you send things parcel post, you add up the length, the width, and the height and get a number. And I think your number has to be under, um, 70 or 80 inches. Mm -hmm. And, and I think in the module world, you have to be under like 120 inches, maybe even 100 inches, to make something that's easily movable by one person. Mm. And uh, that's kind of a ballpark number I use is 100 inches. And uh, so, um, um, yeah, if you made something thin enough that would just sit on a table, um, you know, if you, you know, one of the one of the beauties of some of these European trains is that so many of our module setups are roundy roundies, where mm -hmm. the trains just run circles. Now, 
the public likes this. Public pays to like this. So we don't get a lot of, you know, the guys who want to do operating sessions are kind of in the back of the bus because uh, you guys don't make us any money. And I say, you're right. So what we, what we do is we get permission from the museum to stay late some night. Like typically museums will have like a um, once a month, they'll have a business meeting, which includes their board of directors. And they meet at the museum. So the, there's somebody in the building till midnight. And they say, well, we don't allow visitors, but you guys aren't visitors. You're running your layout, and you can come in when we're here. Because when we go home at midnight, we turn on the alarm, and we got to kick you out. But um, that's the time when we do operating sessions. And uh, you usually like one or two of those a month. And, uh, you know, they'll have docent training. They'll have, uh, um, like, a caterer set up for the next day. There's, there's always these opportunities to, to get access to the museum, because that way we don't have to pay for a security guard to, Hang around yes. while we're open. Where are you currently so, uh, located, Mike O'Dorney? I'm getting all kinds of really interesting. Are you in downtown Danville, or are you somewhere? I'm in. I am in the. Um, let's see. Does this sound a little better? Uh, yeah, Does a sound little, better here. A little. Good. Yeah, I am. I'm actually sitting in my yard, but I think I noticed that my microphone was kind of behind my head, but now it's right in front of me. Okay. And uh, there you go. So uh, you, um, we are. There are so many podcasts and Zoom calls that I am so used to walking around with, you know, headphones on, you know, little, yes. little earbuds. And I'm so used to wrapping them around my neck so they don't get into the table saw and into the, yes. you know, stuff I'm gluing. So you got to really, when you, when you go live and on audio, you got to stop stop what you're doing, stop making noise and get yourself in front of your microphone. Yes. And, or even better, go find a real headset and plug that in. Yes. And, uh, uh but. Yeah, sorry about that. Now that I know, I will. I will. Not a problem. No, no, it's all, it, it adds color to the recording. It also adds interest well, to my editing of the recording. So as we have a Lawrence Egering, I just wanted to kind of wrap up this thought. Uh, so my perspective with regards to the Mark Long is to be continued. And certainly yes. um, we've had a bit of, you know, a bit of toing and froing, some interesting news this week. Nothing really that's going to affect us in the next, well, by the end of the year, but certainly into next yeah. year more thoughts to be continued, I think. Uh, but I am well, very mindful, particularly as I sit in my podcasting space, that, um, and you've been here, right? You came to Show 100, so you know my podcasting oh, yeah, yeah. room intimately, <laughs> although I have more shelves oh, and yeah. more stuff up. Anyway, I, as I look around here, I think if I was to put in a shelf loud, it would need to be something that would be, you know, packable. And right. coffins, I think, are a very interesting topic. There are plenty of NMRXs. I think the the British one specifically obviously fits in well with Simon and Martin, but feel free to contact Gordy. I'm sure he has slots available uh, at, at all the other NMRX events, and maybe even the British one. Um, so, yeah, please well, get in contact. What I, well, what I want to do is set up a decent studio so I can do video clinics. Difficulty, yes. But I mean, but I think I think it is possible to do a video clinic using slides, mm -hmm. and then that way you don't need a live camera, mm -hmm. and uh, you can... You can use like your cell phone and somebody says, well, this is a car I did. Now I'm going to use my cell phone to give you a close up of the underbody details, which doesn't show up in the, uh, um, you know, the slide. And then somebody say, well, can you show me exactly how you did the couplers on the end so they wouldn't hit the such and such? And then I can turn the car and hold the camera nearby and says, you mean this thing says, oh, that's what you did. You put a spacer in. I said, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you know, those kind of questions. There are a lot of model railroaders whose wives are into crafts mm. and um, there's a whole nature of exploring ways of sharing the same room mm. 
with the craft machine and mm. the layout, you know, by making, you know, putting it on pulleys or um, um, having a, having, you know, mechanical lifts and stuff like that. But uh, that's that's another rabbit hole. But I mean, um, um, again, that's why we have conventions. You have these um, you have a clinic with 1200 people running around and six people come to your clinic on the Panama Canal, which is why you do clinics. You you're looking for those six people who are interested in your niche. And uh, so uh, uh, and they're very happy to go to your clinic. And, uh, um, you know, you know, there aren't too many people mod- modeling broad gauge railroads in TT, but the five people in the world who do it. They want to get together. <laughs> certainly. Certainly. Oh. Well, with that, Michael Dorney, I think we're going to wrap up this this model rail radio. Thank you for uh, for calling in today. Pleasure catching up. Please, if any of those magazines aren't useful to you, please pass them on to others. Seed the community with regards to this stuff. Um, and- I actually, I've done that already in mm-hmm. that I uh, had so many. I have a round robin and we pass magazines around and I just took half of them ah. and passed them around. So Wonderful. they're already in Dublin and San Ramon and uh, Very good. Luma and, Very good. Uh, <laughs> Very good. So, on the road. So, uh, but yeah, if you... And if you run across any narrow gauge and industrial reviews, I'll certainly, um, <laughs> you know, certainly, certainly wouldn't mind seeing them. But I mean, obviously, they're they are a treasured item. So anybody who gets them knows what they you know, knows their value. So yes, but uh, but if you do go to Britain, I plan on doing that Missenden Abbey. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, well, we'll, we'll you, certainly we will certainly keep in touch, Michael Dorney. That's one yes. thing I can guarantee. Um, well, yeah, I mean, right now, when I get round-trip tickets to Boston for 50 bucks, I'm sure I can get round-trip tickets to London for 100 bucks. So, <laughs> I mean, granted, airlines will come back, and, uh, and ticket prices will be fairly priced according to the cost of doing business. In other words, the cost of fuel and labor, not this ridiculous market we're in now. So, uh, we but, can uh, hope. anyway, yeah. We'll keep in touch. Catch you next week. You're off. And then next yes. week you're off. And the weekend after that, you're on the uh, nighttime show. That's what I'm doing. Show. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. Good Pleasure talking to you. Thank always. you again for everything. Not at all. Thank you. Take Bye-bye. care. Somewhere through there, we lost Mike Slater. We lost Lawrence Eggering, but still another model rail radio. I'm sure I, I put money on it that this show will come out after October <laughs> with a current backlog. And apologies, work-life balance et al. It's all, you know, coming together. And unfortunately, although the weekly recordings are maintaining, the actual editing and getting them out slightly slower. So as Michael Dorney noted, I'm taking next week off. Well, I'm not actually. I'm taking the weekend off. We will see if I can edit something something more out then but thanks to everyone for calling in today always a pleasure catching up with the folks at kent and long time coming putting them together with gordy robinson so long time coming but well needed well needed anyway thanks to the folks for uh, calling in today thanks for everyone for listening in good morning thank you tom <laughs>